Hey there, this is Hannah McGee, and welcome to the iHeart2C podcast. Join my husband, John, and me as we talk about all the happenings in our favorite place, Canyon County. We'll be highlighting businesses, organizations, and just plain old people that make this such a great place to live. If you're tired of all the negative on the news and social media and need some inspiration, you have come to the right place. Canyon County is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. It's a great place to live, and it's where we're raising our family. We're going to take a few minutes each week to talk about the place we call home, the good folks, and the great happenings going on in Caldwell, Nampa, and beyond. So join us here at the iHeart2C podcast. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us again here at iHeart2C with me, Hannah, and John McGee. We are in a series um, talking about um, the agriculture in Canyon County and what that looks like and the awesome businesses um, that make an impact in, in the, really in the state and um, in Canyon County. So today, our guest is Michelle Gooding with Gooding Farms um, out uh, in the Wilder area. Am I right? Wilder, Parma? Awesome. And so we wanted to chat with them. They've, their farm and their family have been here for quite a while. And they, their main, I would say, overarching thing is hops that you guys grow. Um, and gosh, this industry is booming for you guys and all over. So we'd love to hear more about the history of your family and, and you and start there. Yeah. Yeah. So my name is Michelle. I'm the middle sister of three girls and we are the sixth generation of our family um, to grow hops, wow. uh, fourth generation Idahoans. And uh, we started growing hops in Idaho in the mid forties. Prior to that, we grew them in the St. Paul, Oregon area. Um, and we began growing them in 1895. Wow. So we've definitely seen a lot of ebbs and flows in the hop market. Um, Craft has been, I mean, craft beer has just been huge for us. Definitely saved a lot of family farms, including Mm -hmm. ours. Um, But yeah, with COVID, it's really creating some, a little bit of uncertainty, I would say for, you know, you've got the decently established brewers and then the really small guys who actually use a ton of hops. Mm -hmm. um, But, you know, just trying to get into tap rooms and and they've been facing a lot of challenges from that since in that standpoint. So, um, but yeah, we recently have been diversifying our, our operations. So, um, we added some animals into the mix. Um, and then we also have red top market. Mm -hmm. If people have heard of that and then, uh, we're sort of expanding to the West. So we started farming. Um, in Oregon again, but on the eastern side, so near Adrian, and um, kind of like a company garden and things sort of like that. Um, each of us sisters kind of wears some different hats, and mm-hmm. and that allows us to to do more and just be able to be more diversified. I love that. That's awesome. So, um, what does your fa- does your father still work in um in the farm as well and tell us a little bit more about hops i for some of our listeners um you know i've gotten familiar with hops in the last couple years um understanding you know that it's it's a main ingredient in a lot of beers like you said like craft mm-hmm. beers um I, in the past i was just thought it was malt and wheat um yeah. so would you explain what, what is a hop and a, a plant and kind of how does it grow and just maybe give us a little more 
background on hops. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So our dad, he is, I mean, pretty much retired at this point. Um, he definitely is really good at driving around and telling us things that we're not doing well. <laughs> sure. Um, but no, he's great. He, uh, he's really excited for us to kind of man the ship, I would mm-hmm. say, and take it in a little different direction. I mean, it's a lot different times now than when he started farming when he was 25. Mm-hmm. So he's very, very smart guy. And he sees that that change can be good. Um, but yeah, so hops, um, they're a dioecious plant. So what that means is the male and the female plants are actually separate. Mm. Um, and the hops that are harvested are all female. So what we're going after, if you Google hops, you'll see a like kind of a vine vine structure. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going after that little flower. And um, essentially what happens is we we grow them. They're perennial plants. They come back every year. We grow them on 18 foot tall trellis. And then, um, we go through and harvest them, dry them, bale them. Normally they're pelletized and then, um, go out for beer. So you have kind of two main groups of hops. You have the aromas, which is what you see in a lot of craft beer. It's all those cool flavors and like Mm. the sexy part of hops. Mm -hmm. And then you have the alpha hops, which are what um, normally become extract and, um, those go into like macro beer, things like that. Alpha hops have been around for a really long time. And predominantly that's what was grown here before, you know, craft beer kind of became a big thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I know we have beer drinkers that listen because they've told me. So (laughs) if they were to, uh, crack open their favorite local IPA or, or something else, where, where would we find your hops, the hops that are grown at, at your farm? Yeah. So we, um, we do normally you sell them through a broker. Um, but we do some direct deals with mother earth brewing in Nampa uh-huh. and then Payette brewing in Boise, um, 10 barrel in Boise. I'm trying to think we did kind of a fun collab brew, um, with, Oh man, what was it? Was it Woodland? I'd have to look back and remember, but the thing, the thing that's kind of tricky because when you've got really small microbreweries, they don't have cold storage. Mm. So they can't buy like 200,000 pounds of hops and store them, mm-hmm. you know, in their freezer. Um, so a lot of them work through those broker dealers because the broker dealers have the storage capacity uh-huh. to keep the hops and hold them. And then, um, we don't have to do it either as the grower. So, which is pretty nice, nice. Mm -hmm. but yeah, no. And there's, um, I mean, there's kind of, I would say most of the breweries in Idaho at some point throughout the year, always try to have a beer on tap with Idaho hops in it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and sometimes that's ours, sometimes it's not. Um, but if you definitely just read a lot of the time, they'll try to try to say that, especially around, I would say Thanksgiving time, end of October, November, um, the fresh hop beers is kind of a cool thing that we do with a lot of the breweries. Um, and they're, you know, really unique to our region and they're really tasty. You really get some different flavors through that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm starting to see hops more and more outside strictly beer, like in hopped water and in teas. And mm. do you guys get involved with, with any of that? Um, we've done a little bit. Um, you know, we have some people who were researching 
um, like using hops as an essential oil type of thing. Um, but I mean, they're so expensive to grow. It's really hard to justify them in a lot of other things aside from beer. I mean, and that's, you know, they do have those natural preservative qualities, which is pretty neat. But um, I mean, they used to use it like in soaps and things like that. It's just so bitter that it's not like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go eat some hops. That sounds great. You know, it's it's <laughs> yeah. definitely got a very specific niche, I'd say. How many in uh, in Canyon County, um, you know, if you go and drive out in Wilder, um, almost all you see now in the fields are hops. How many different um, farms and families are you are, are there in that area or is it mostly your fa- family that farms hops? Yeah, I would say um, so you've got kind of two main regions in Idaho. You have southwest Idaho, which is where we are, Wilder, Parma area. And then um, Anheuser-Busch has a hop farm in northern Idaho in Bonners Ferry. Mm. So, you know, the Bonners Ferry farm is, I would say they're probably around 1,500 acres, just, you know, shooting from the hip. Mm -hmm. Um, So essentially everything else down here is is everyone's family farm. And and that now kind of bridges from like notice, roughly, you know, Ruben Asimendi's over there, all the way over to, um, you know, DeRuiter's and... Um, there's a few different folks over kind of off a of Homedale Road. Yeah. Uh, so I would say there's not a lot of us. Mm-hmm. I think there's seven or eight growers down here. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, we're all we're all pretty close mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, and people do say, you know, wow, it's really blown up. It's so crazy how many hops there are. Um, and it has, I mean, we surpassed Oregon as the number two producing state wow. um, a few years ago. But the other thing I try to keep in perspective for, for folks is that Washington state is hands down number one. It would be like having hops from Caldwell to Boise. Huh. You could think about like scale. Wow. Um, so while we do have You're a lot, so small. we don't have quite as many. Yeah. Well, and a theme that we're seeing when we talk to these um, awesome businesses is, you know, education is so key, especially for the public to understand um, the value and agriculture and how, you know, in order to provide these things, we need to keep it around. And so what are some things that you guys are doing, um, your family or how you, like you said, you're diversifying to keep people or help people understand um, how important it is to have hops and, and how, you know, the investment you guys make into agriculture. What are a couple of things that you guys are trying to do to educate the public about that? Yeah. So we always, I would say we always try to tell our story mm-hmm. because I mean, if, if we're not going to, nobody else is going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that education piece behind ag- agriculture, mm-hmm. I mean, Ag can be very misunderstood, mm-hmm. um, especially where we've got tons of new people just like flooding into the state. Uh, but I definitely think uh, we try to focus on the youth, um, you know, through programs like FFA. We try to participate in that through Red Top Market mm-hmm. and just educating youth so they know where their food comes from. Yeah. It doesn't You don't just walk in Albertsons and like, oh, yeah, that head of lettuce. Wow, that right. was easy. Yeah. Um, so I think that is, is really, we try to focus on the youth and then 
we also just try to be part of any outreach program that we can. Um, so, you know, we have um, hosted tours, you know, I can't even count how many tours that mm -hmm. we've hosted, whether that yeah. be for, um, you know, people in the state legislature, or if that's, um, you, you know, kids from homeschools and all sorts of a variety of, of folks. Um, we'd really try to have open doors and talk about the things that we're doing to be better farmers too. Yeah. Um, you know, with the solar and the regenerative egg and the cover cropping, uh, like a simple, like, Oh, you know, we went and plowed the field, we planted the plants and then we harvested them. I mean, we have in the peak about 120 people on staff and, wow. um, we're running 24 hours a day mm -hmm. and it's, it's a very complex, large operation. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, being able to do stuff at Red Top has allowed us to connect more with the local community yeah. and educate them on where their food comes from. Definitely. And um, just also, you know, we're kind of in strange times right now. So mm -hmm. it's nice to provide an outlet outside that people can can come and just hang out and, yeah. and enjoy enjoy time. Yeah. And on that subject, would you tell us a little bit more about Red Top? Because there are some awesome, you know, fruit and vegetable stands that you can go purchase a lot of local um, products straight from the fields and orchards and gardens. Um, but you guys actually are quite unique in in what you provide because of where your location is. Could you talk, tell our listeners a little bit more about Red Top and um, what you actually provide maybe differently than some of the other fruit stands that are around? Yeah. Yeah. So we provide beer and wine. Let's start with that. Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> Beer and wine, folks. Yes. Um, we also, we do live music. So we'll do, you know, every Thursday we try to do live music. Um, and we have, um, I would say, a mix of things. So we, we source as much as we can locally mm -hmm. when it's in. And then, um, you know, we also are able to get specialty items like cotton candy grapes and other things like that yeah. um, through, through a regional um, wholesalers. So that has been a very good learning experience for us. Um, we're kind of unique in the sense that, uh, Wilder is technically a food desert. So there's not, you know, something that they, when you're looking at what they count as like a grocery store yeah. or, uh, you know, a qualified food option. Um, mm -hmm. there really wasn't one. So that was something too, that was important to us is being able you know, and this all started at the, the beginning of COVID. It was like, okay, well, if everything's going to shut down, like, how are we going to feed the people that we care about? How are we going to feed our employees? How are we going to get food to mm -hmm. our community? And um, it kind of has just evolved from that into a really fun atmosphere. I mean, we'll host retirement parties, you know, bridal showers. Um, we did a, a Christmas kind of pop-up. Mm -hmm. this year which was fun and raised some money for the wilder athletic department and um i don't know we just we try to always keep it fresh and mix it up and yeah. uh, we have typically um on thursdays we'll have a food vendor so food trucks from the local area so um yeah it's a really good time it's mm -hmm. it's a really good time and definitely it was a little warm this summer yeah. on thursdays <laughs> So we're hoping that maybe next year's not like 105 degrees for. Well, we always 40. were refreshed with, you know, your, your bar that you have with 
you know, local beer and wine. And so that always helps. Yeah. yeah and we had a fun <laughs> yeah. time and for the, for our listeners who are looking for something to do with the families, we took uh, our kids out there who are mm-hmm. 11 and 13 and there was plenty of exploring to do and food items that they could eat. And they just, they just had a ball yeah. crawling around red top out there and checking it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. The kids love it. And it's, you know, we're kind of nestled right in the fields and, um, it's, it's pretty fun. It makes me want summer to be here. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Me too. <laughs> and also for those who are listening, if you go to goodingfarms.com and they've got a click over for red top market, of course it's not season right now, but boy, uh, here in a few months, it's going to be uh, hopping out there and it's going to be a really fun place to be. So check yeah, it out yeah. online. Yeah. It's really yeah, cool. I think we're going to, I think we're shooting open like mid to end of May cool. is our goal this year. Awesome. So That's awesome. Be pretty good. Cool. Well, would you also, um, you mentioned, uh, one more that you, um, do own is, um, your beef, your cattle beef that you sell. Um, would you tell us a little bit about that and why it's so important, um, to know where your beef come from, comes from? Yeah. So it's kind of funny how we start on in on these projects where we, we see a problem and we're like, Oh, well, like, let's just like do this. And then it's like a new business. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we definitely, um, my boyfriend, Brandon and I wanted to, to do cattle. Like we really, you know, didn't, we don't come from cattle. We don't come from animals at all. And we were like, well, you know, I really feel like we could produce a good product Mm -hmm. and, as a regenerative agriculture tool and hops. Um, so what we actually do is we sell bulk beef packages. So right now we essentially are pre-ordering for next season because mm-hmm. I mean, beef prices are crazy. Sure. They sold out. And that was one thing that I feel like both he and I, it was really important to us to, for our employees to be able to afford our beef. And, you know, when someone's you know, getting paid maybe $15, $16 an hour and they've got a feed a family, maybe they're a large family. It's really hard to find quality nutrient dense meat that you word. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of went down this path, you know, we didn't really have, it's just us too. So we don't really have the manpower to like do the whole single cut game and like charge, you know, that just wasn't really in our, our ballpark and maybe someday. Um, but we did bulk beef packages and, um, you know, we graze on the grass all summer long and through the fall. And then in the winter time, we're a little bit more unique than a traditional setup. So we'll actually graze in the hops. They'll eat the cover crops. Okay. So we create mixes of cover crops that act as a winter forage wow. for the animal. So, um, we move them every day, you know, based on the density we want them to graze. And uh, it's really been neat when they, when we bought our first group of cows, I mean, they had been out on the desert and they were older and it was like, man, I don't know if this is gonna work. And then as we just started to give them, you know, the, the quality nutrients that they needed. And um, it was, it's crazy to see how an animal can adapt and just their coats get so healthy and mm-hmm. everything just, just really be kind of a high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it's been a lot of work, but we're starting into our second year of sales and that's, it's going fast. It's, 
it's crazy how the, just the demand for that. And also we did one other thing a little different is we went through a USDA butcher. So we deliver directly to people's doors, Mm -hmm. um, single cuts at red top. So if you're like, no way, I don't have the freezer for that, or I'm just (laughs) a person. Um, but that actually has been a great way to get to know new people. Mm -hmm. And also just to talk through and like show them, okay, like, you know, this is kind of how you load a freezer up full of beef. Um, I feel like the, the bulk beef art has been lost a little bit. Um, especially with my generation, they're like, well, I don't know what to do with that or, or like, wait, how, how am I going to get my cuts? I have to decide that it's Mm -hmm. like, kind of help people coach through that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been a really rewarding experience. Well, that's That's what I was going to say from a consumer point of view, we've had the opportunity to, to, uh, smoke up and grill up Mm -hmm. some, some nice pieces that we've got uh, out there at red top from you guys. And we've had friends and family over and they rave about it Mm -hmm. there. You know, there is a difference between fresh and getting it at the store or frozen. And you guys do a, a terrific job of finishing it. And we got rave reviews when we Mm. served it uh, a few months ago. So for all the, the dads or the moms out there that like to Traeger or like to smoke or grills, I would, I would start with these guys because the, the product that you're getting is, is, is top notch. Mm-hmm. What, and what is your, can you tell us what your company cattle company is? Yeah, it's called beef. the BMB. So Brandon and Michelle's beef. It's, we're not overly creative. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, and we have a, so you do all the pre-ordering through that on the website and mm-hmm. it's, it's all pretty simple from that standpoint. Um, and I anticipate us, we're definitely ramping up production this year. Um, but we sold out a little bit quicker than I anticipated last year. So I'm hoping to meet those needs this year for everyone. So for, um, for the, the Gooding Farms side of it, what are, what are some things you see coming down the road in 2022? Um, are you guys ever going to open a tasting room by chance? I don't see that in 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm never going to say no. Uh, but I do think we've got some, we've got some ideas. Um, you know, we definitely have a lot on our plate right now and we want to get good, extremely efficient with what we're doing. Um, the labor thing is a thing sure. for us. Sure. So even with H2A, um, we're just trying to you know, make sure we stay efficient during these times when, you know, you see fuel part prices really starting to rise and, and everything cost-wise is starting to rise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm hoping that Mill 95 is going to put in a tasting room mm-hmm. and they're very closely to us. So that would be, that would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think that my older sister, Diane, uh, kind of the visionary of the farm vice president, she, I would say she's always got something up her sleeve. Yeah. Cool. So, so we can see. stay tuned and keep an eye on, yeah. on what's going on. Well, I would, I do say any of our listeners that do want to get, understand more about hops, they do have a really great video. I was watching just on the basic education of how you tie those ropes up and you you know you tie them wet so they tie you know they dry taut all that kind of stuff just is so fascinating because there's such a science I think people 
we don't understand just the science that goes into growing everything in agriculture, whether it's, you know, raising beef and, but like the grapes and the hot, and it's just so fascinating. And so your video that you have is very, um, very informational and really helps kind of just learn a lot more about hops in the farm. And so thank you so much for taking some time to, to let us know, you know, about your family and, and your company. And we're excited to support you again this year and spread the word and, We'll have all the information. Um, what's the best way, though, if they if people are interested in um, purchasing beef from you or maybe coming out and get a new tour of your hot farm in the future? What's the best way would, to get a hold of? I would say, um, I mean, our office, you know, wintertime hours somewhat vary, but sure. um, you can always look on the Good Bidding Farms uh, website or any of the websites, and they'll have like info request sections that okay. makes sense perfect awesome and then i'll have all the the website and social media tags for everybody so they can follow along and and know how to get involved this coming year so thank you so much so so much michelle appreciate you coming on thanks for joining us on the iheart2c podcast do you know someone or something that we should highlight would you like to get the word out about your business send us a message at podcast at iheart2c.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at iheart2c. If you like the podcast and are listening on Apple, make sure to leave a review. Until next time, keep it local and keep supporting Canyon County.